Hey there, Pulse Check listeners. This is Annie Reese. And on today's show, there's a big fight that's been going on for months in Congress, and that's over Joe Biden's Build Back Better bill, or social spending framework, reconciliation package, whatever you want to call it. It contains a lot of the Biden administration's biggest priorities. And as the end of year approaches, they have no margin for error. The tension's mounting. You just feel the pressure when you walk around the Capitol. You just see the anxiety. Democrats are just betting everything on this one monster bill. Today, Alice Miranda Olstein digs into one big piece of that monster bill. Changes to prescription drug pricing. This is the closest Congress has gotten in a long, long time. The industry just has so much money and power, and they've been so successful in preventing any kind of legislative reform over the years. And this really shows just how hard even small reforms around the margins have been. Today, I'd like to talk about how we're going to help millions of Americans protect and preserve their health. So the president gave a speech Monday that was really designed to amp up the pressure on Congress. To really solve this problem, we need the Senate to follow the House of Representatives' lead and pass my Build Back Better bill. To get his social spending bill over the finish line, and in particular, he highlighted what's really one of the most popular provisions of the entire massive $1.7 trillion bill, which is a few different ways to try to lower drug prices for people on Medicare and people uh, on private insurance, which is the majority of folks. So what is the status of support for Joe Biden's social spending blueprint right now? So the bill already passed the House and it's awaiting consideration in the Senate. And what's happening now, including just this week, is the Senate parliamentarian is combing through the bill and hearing arguments from lawmakers about which pieces should and shouldn't be allowed to even come to the floor for a vote. So they're using this process called reconciliation, which is a way for the Senate to pass the bill with only 51 votes instead of the usual 60. Mm -hmm. And in order to use that special tool, they have to make the case that all of these provisions in the bill are primarily related to the federal budget and federal spending. You know, within Medicare, it's a little bit easier to make the case that it's about the federal budget because Medicare is a huge part of the federal budget. But when it's about controlling the rise of drug prices in the private sector, then it gets a little more complicated and a little more tenuous. So Democrats are this week saying, look, we are arguing to the parliamentarian that, of course, it's about federal spending, that if we just control prices in Medicare, drug companies will then hike prices for people in the private sector in order to make up the difference. So we have to control it across the board. And Republicans are planning to argue that it shouldn't be included. And this this is a really high stakes um, issue for Democrats because it's one of the top things they campaigned on. So not only does Democrats' ability to impact drug pricing completely depend on whether or not this $1.7 trillion social spending bill passes, which is filled, as you said, with a whole host of other things. Mm-hmm. But going back to the parliamentarian and the reconciliation process, I mean, there's a strong possibility that she rules against it, in which case are they just back to square one? Only some of the drug pricing provisions are expected to get challenged uh, before the parliamentarian. And so there will still be, like I said, some things in there controlling prices within Medicare. But Democrats told me they really don't have a backup plan when it comes to the private sector. Mm. It would be 
a major loss for them, especially considering how much the drug pricing language in the bill has been watered down already over the past few Mm -hmm. months. You know, the version the House originally was pushing for was a way more sweeping bill that would have allowed the government to bargain the cost of hundreds of drugs. Now it's down to a smaller handful. And they have these other provisions in there, some of which could get further chipped away out by the parliamentarian. But really, a lot of progressives are frustrated at just how much it's been weakened already and how much it could be weakened further. And the parliamentarian potentially isn't the only obstacle Mm -hmm. here. You know, there's still going to be amendment votes on the floor. There's still going to be a lot of wrangling, you know, with the more conservative members of the Democratic caucus in the Senate. Joe Manchin has already made his views known on many, many issues. Joe Manchin's mansion. Exactly. President Joe Manchin (laughs) will continue to impact the bill. It's not over till it's over. It's not even clear it's going to receive a vote by the end of the year. So we're we're all just um, running around the hill (laughs) tracking what's going on. We know that Democrats have a razor thin majority in Congress. Plus, as you said, there's a lot of ideological difference within the Democratic Party as a whole. On this issue, is the party breakdown overall as simple as Democrats for Republicans against? Or is it a lot more complicated than that? It is I would say the overwhelming majority of Democrats want the stronger drug pricing provisions. They want to give the government more power to regulate drug prices and lower health costs. Um, A small handful of Democrats in the House and Senate are concerned about the impact on the pharmaceutical industry of some of these measures. Um, They Mm. are basically echoing the industry's arguments that it would hurt their ability to develop new drugs in the future. Some others disagree with that, but that that's the argument they're putting forward. These are lawmakers who have a lot of um, industry jobs from the pharmaceutical industry in their districts. They say, you know, I'm just looking out for my constituents. And like you said, because Democrats' margins are so narrow in the House and Senate, it only takes a small handful, or in the Senate only one person, mm-hmm. to really derail the effort or have their say, make big changes. Is executive action on this issue at all a possibility for Biden? Yes, and it's something that is expected, especially if either the bill doesn't move at all or it gets watered down even further. Um, There are some things that the administration could do through rulemaking to go after drug prices, but the preference for Democrats is to do it through legislation because that's way more durable. If you do it through regulation, then a future president could just undo it, as we've seen happen on a number of fronts. Can you just play fortune teller for me? If you had to make a bet, what? where are we? Let's say, like, where are we at the end of this year? It's really hard to see at this point. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, there is so much pressure on Democrats to get this bill done. They are concerned they will lose the majority in either the House or Senate or both next year and lose their ability to pass this kind of sweeping legislation. And so there is just so much riding on this. You know, they're hoping this bill gives them enough to campaign on to maintain those majorities. But when it comes to health policy anyways, the bill not only has these drug pricing provisions that people have wanted for decades, but it includes all of these enhancements and fixes to the Affordable Care Act that they've been promising and trying to pass ever since the Affordable Care Act itself passed. And so this really feels like the last train leaving the station. Mm -hmm. And I think all of that pressure could get it over the finish line. But then if it doesn't, how bad is it politically for Biden and Democrats not to be able to deliver this? 
it's really bad. And I expect them to, you know, continue trying next year. Although in an election year, things always get harder to pass, both because of the schedule and because of the political pressure. But I think that even if this gets punted into the new year, they're not going to stop trying to pass it. And I would imagine that something passes in some form, whether it's as comprehensive as it is now or even as comprehensive as people want. Uh, that that's a different question. Talk to me about some of what Democrats want with prescription drug pricing in the bill. There have been efforts by Democrats to really shine a light on how much we pay in the U.S. compared to other countries. It's, you know, four more times as much in many cases. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some of the efforts in the bill would actually try to lower those prices, but those wouldn't kick in for several more years. Under other provisions in the bill, costs would still continue to rise, but they wouldn't rise by as much. You know, that's that's less of a strong political message to uh, to voters saying, hey, your drug prices will still go up, but they won't go up by as much as if we hadn't passed the bill. It's a much but, harder sell. <laughs> it is a harder sell, but it but it is real. You know, yeah. those, those are some of the provisions that they're counting on to at least keep costs under control and keep them uh, from rising as much as they have been recently. But Democrats still want to do so much more that they weren't able to get into this bill. Um, on Friday, the House Oversight Committee is going to release the results of an investigation they've been doing for years on um, drug pricing and the pharmaceutical industry's practices. And that is aimed, you know, not only at pressuring the Senate to, you know, get on it and get the bill done, Mm -hmm. but it shows how much more they still want and hope to do. Um, Whether they're able to do it is another question. And I I assume that insulin, which has become a big rallying cry in the prescription drug fight, is a part of this investigation? Yes, and insulin has, you know, its own provisions in the Build Back Better bill. There is a provision capping what people pay out of pocket at 35 a month, which could make a huge difference for a lot of people who depend on insulin. You know, right now they're paying far, far more than that. Of course, this is one of the provisions that it doesn't actually lower the cost of insulin. It just lowers what people have to pay out of pocket. Someone's still paying, whether it's insurers Mm -hmm. or the government. And that's what we've run into a lot in the drug pricing debate. It's way harder to actually force companies to charge less. Um, It's a lot easier to just throw some subsidies so that people don't feel the pain as much. All right, that's our show for this week. I'm Annie Reese, and a big thanks to Alice Miranda Olstein from our healthcare team for joining me. Pulse Check's senior editor is Raghu Manavalan, and our senior producer is Jenny Amant. <laughs>